Look, she's all right. She's upset and she screamed, but it's okay now. Shall I get the cops? What? I'll get the cops. Hey, wait a minute. Now, damn it, look. Here she is having some water. And welcome to this movie, which I don't know what number it is. Frickin' frack. Are we there? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yes. Is this it where is. we're at? Is this what? Think about it. It's been so long, technically, uh... since we've done an episode. <laughs> Remember what we're doing. So, kiddos, currently seventeen. It's movie seventeen. This is number seventeen. For those of you who are listening to this episode, this oh, episode, really? the episodes go up on Saturdays. Yep. It it's... is currently four fifteen on Saturday. This was supposed to have been done by like one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. We went and ate lunch and went to the mall and yeah. Colin's here. This episode, hi Colin. Hi Colin. Hi. <laughs> this episode uh, normally would have gone up four hours ago, and we are now just getting around to recording it. So this episode, I was gonna post on the Facebook and say it was my fault because it is. You could still because this episode probably fault. won't go up until tomorrow. tomorrow. Now at this yeah. point. Sorry. <laughs> right. So post on there. Anyways, welcome to episode ninety. Oh my god. We have done 90 total episodes. Now, in theory, that means we should have been on movie 11. We have had some other ones in there. We're not that Sorry. far off. We're not that far. We've done, we've done three specials plus two memorial episodes. So we should only be... F- plus, We're, we skipped the end of the year. Yes. So there's six. Well, no, we didn't. That wasn't an episode we didn't do. No, I know. We But we skip a week at the end of the... Okay, never mind. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Your math is weird. I'm bad at math. Welcome to this movie. Which is number 17 on the list. Yes. It is The Graduate mm-hmm. from 1967. The Graduate. It is number 17, as I said. Yes. It dropped 10 places. It I saw that. It used to be number 7. I went, huh. I mean, I guess the movies okay, that are I coming up. I want to see up, what's above it. The movies that are coming up, I guess? Yeah, well, Lawrence of Arabia is number 7. Mm, yeah. What, what was... used to be number... What used to be... 17. Or what was Lawrence of Arabia before? Lawrence of Arabia was number two. Oh, so Lawrence of Arabia dropped, and then that pushed this all the way down to 17? Yeah. <laughs> wow, On the waterfront, dropped. Ah. And the general got added in. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 So, yeah. So, Lindsay. Jeffrey. What, uh, describe the, describe okay. the movie. What's the movie? It is approved. It's unrated, technically. Hour 46 minutes, comedy, drama, romance, 8.1 out of 10, and wait for it, 77 Metascore. Ooh, 77. Recent college graduate Benjamin Braddock is trapped into an affair with Mrs. Robinson, who happens to be the wife of his father's business partner, and then finds himself falling in love with her daughter Elaine. Directed by Mike Nichols, who recently just passed away. Yep, who also did, who's afraid of Virginia Virginia Woolf. And Calder Willingham. Did the screenplay, Buck Henry did the screenplay, and Charles Webb wrote the novel. It's Buck, based upon. Buck Henry was in the movie. Was he really? He was the guy at the uh, the hotel. He was the desk clerk. Oh, that we said looked like Martin Freeman? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Who else did I say he looked like? Um. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember who else you said he looked like. I don't like. remember either. Martin Freeman was the main one that we started yeah. talking about afterwards. By the way, Roger Ebert gave us a three out of four stars. Not a perfect score. Right. But he gave it a three out of four. Um, 
uh, uh, just initial thoughts regarding the film? I really liked it. I did too. I liked it. Okay, so I've seen it before, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen it for eight, nine years. I was young when I saw it, and it's really good, and I like mm-hmm. it a lot better. I didn't realize how funny it was. Yeah. I'm like, this is just very serious, and there's not a lot of good things to it, but it's very funny. Actually. It's very funny. Uh, it's very... Uh, it's It's interesting, because, okay, so growing up, because I, I had never seen this movie. I know, I mean, I knew of the movie. I've seen clips from the movie. I know the whole, you're trying, you know, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me thing. Mrs. I, Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. I, I got that. Like, I know that all. But then, like, um, I, I, the ending, the ending, like, years later, I realized, oh, the ending years is The later. Graduate. But, like, as a kid, I watched Wayne's World 2 yeah, as a kid. Right? I was freaking, like, 10. But, I mean, That's like, still it's a still kid. a kid, I guess. I watched Wayne's World 2, and that movie... Oh! That movie, um, like I didn't realize that the whole basically like the last like fifteen minutes of that movie up until they get to the uh, the the concert is all a spoof of the ending yes. of this film, and it was fun. We were we were comparing or comparing. That's a word. We were comparing. <laughs> comparing. Oh my god, it's been a. <laughs> you said it wrong. You're stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> there's there's been there's been out there's been a drink. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sleepy. No, um, I, we were comparing. Comparison. <laughs> Comparison. Okay. Shut up! It's so embarrassing. Um, we watched. Uh, we were comparing the ending to this movie. Thing? No, that's not yours. That was my phone. Um, we compared this movie with the the scene from Wayne's World Two. We were while yes, playing it. We up. were literally like synced up while we were doing it. It was brilliant. The the scene for those of you who would like to see it from Wayne's World Two who may not have seen it is on the website. You feel free to watch including it. Including the naked Indian. Yeah, included the weird naked, naked Indian. Indian. Thank you, Jim Morrison. <laughs> um, I just realized where Mr. Robinson is from. I'm like, why does he look so familiar? Who is that? He's the mayor from Jaws. Oh, really? Yup. He's Vaughn. He's the mayor. Look, look at Look, here. I'll find it and show you. See? Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Colin, did you catch that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. No, I didn't. No, because he looked very familiar. Yeah, he looked familiar. I just didn't know what he was from. I forgot to say who this was starring. Oh yes, yes, yes. Dustin Hoffman, mm-hmm. who was thirty yep, when we at did the time, this movie, playing an eighteen-year-old. And Bancroft, our twenty-one-year-old. Sorry. Oh, she passed. Yeah, she away. passed away a few years ago. Oh, Catherine Ross, William Daniels, or for those of us in our generation, Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney. Murray Hamilton, <laughs> Elizabeth Wilson, Buck Henry, and that's kind of it. Brian Avery. Yeah, that's about it. Apparently there's someone who guys, who was credited as woman on the bus. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that's the lady that she sat next to. Movies you might like, or more like this, slash yes. you might also like. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Annie Hall, Butch Cassie and the Sundance Kid, um, Chinatown, Midnight Cowboy, Network, Rear window and gone with the wind. It's funny and to stand by me. It's funny to note that um, this is Mike Nichols' second film. Yeah. His first film having been Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Yeah. So it's like two movies in, and you have your first two films as a professional director. Oh, I'm are, sorry. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf was his very, very first yeah, movie. It was his I thought first you meant directing. it was just his first appearance on the list. I'm no. like, yeah. No, that was his first movie. That was his That's first directing film. Because we liked that movie. Yes, we did. And we also I liked this, this movie. movie too. And now I'm looking up at pictures of, uh, of Anne Bancroft. Of Anne Bancroft. It's a picture of her with uh, Mel Gibson or Mel Gibson, Mel Brooks. Huh. Oh, look, because she was married to Mel Brooks for 50 years. 
I'm just gonna give this a moment of silence while Jeff feels badly about himself. I don't feel bad. Sitting here going. I'm not as big of a. I mean, I like Mel Brooks because I'm a human. But I'm sitting here going. Why is there a photo of her and Mel Brooks? Oh, look, it was his wife, wife for, for 40, 50, 41, sorry, sorry, 41 years. 1964. By the way, that means she was married to Mel Brooks when she made this yeah. movie. That's weird. 1964 to 2005, when she died, died, he was her second husband. Okay. Who was her first husband, does it say? Uh, Martin May. Okay, not knowing we know. I do not know. But so that basically means that this is uh, this is Max Brooks' uh, mom. Mom, yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's impressive. I have seen her boobies. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, Lindsay, is there anything else you have to do for your intro? Or can I go on to my No, awards? you can go on. Awards! All uh, right. Seven Oscar nominations. Good. Uh, plus an additional 29 award nominations. Yes, I saw that on the internet movie database. Indeed. On plus, the internet. Plus, on the internets. Plus... I'm going to do a special award for this one. Oh, okay. But uh, anyway, so there's the Oscar nominations. It was nominated for and won Best Director, Mike Nichols. That's, I'm pretty sure he, didn't he not win a Best Oscar or Best Picture or a Best Director for uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Do you want me to look No, I'll up? look. You keep talking. Um, the other awards that uh, this film was nominated for but did not win would include a Best Picture, Best Actor in a Leading Role for Dustin Hoffman, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Anne Bancroft. No, he was nominated. He was nominated he for? Okay. Win. So this would have been... His, so his second film out. Yeah. You have two nominations and a win. That's not bad at all. Uh, oh, look how pretty she was. She was pretty. That's a nice picture I like Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah. She was gorgeous. Uh, best Actress in a Supporting Role for Catherine Ross. Best Writing slash Screenplay based on material from an existing medium because it was based upon a book. Yep. And then Best Cinematography. Now, this film... Lost uh, Best Picture yep. to, you want to take a shot? Is it a movie we've watched? Yes, it is. 1968? I just was, yeah, it would have been in, 60, it was, this was 67, but the awards were in 68. Bridge on the River Kwai. No. I don't know. In the Heat of the Night. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that one very much. <laughs> best Director, uh, Mike Nichols, did beat Norman Jewison for In the Heat of the Night, okay. though. And also Arthur Penn for Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde was also up against uh, the graduate for Best Picture okay. that year. Uh, best Actor, Rod Steiger in the, in the Heat of the Night mm -hmm. beat uh, Dustin Hoffman. Steiger. I can't remember what we came up with. Um, uh, Catherine Hepburn for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner okay. won Best Actress beating out. Not Ella. for the Philadelphia Story? Not for the Philadelphia Story. Um, <laughs> Should that. Catherine Hepburn's head in a helicopter. Estelle Parsons beat Catherine Ross for Best Supporting Actress, and she was also in Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Oh no! Actually, start in the heat of the night. Beat it for uh, best adaptive screenplay. So it actually in the heat Eating of the night. Socks for Christmas. In the heat of the night was more or less the film that uh, that beat. Really? The Graduate. Out uh, for I understand most of because awards. it's socially important, mm -hmm. but it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm not real big on downer movies. I I'm, think we've established that. I'm pretty sure the Academy Awards went. Well, that movie's not funny, so it's gonna <laughs> have to win. Uh, kind of true. <laughs> Um, also, awards. Best Original Score for a Motion Picture. Paul Simon and David Grusin yeah. won a Grammy for this movie. Nice. Did they win an Oscar and a Grammy? They did not. Okay. It was not even nominated because okay. at the time, I feel like the music category wasn't... Well, no, it's a it score. It was probably just a score and right. not song. Not soundtrack. Right. So the soundtrack, it won a Grammy for Best Original. Well, it's Best Original Score. For a motion picture at the Grammys, but Ooh. they did win a Grammy. And the film was entered into the National Film Registry as of 1996. Nice! Good. No uh, technology. 
Right. Because... Like, just lots of rear projection. Yeah. Well, and actually, even that... No, there's no... It was when they were driving when he was being all speedy. Yeah. It was, I think it was the only time they did any rear projection. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise, the rest of it was just, all real. Yeah. Okay, that's all I have for now. Lindsay, you can do your thing, and then we come back to my things, and then we're done. Then we have to watch another movie. Then we gotta watch. Sunset Boulevard. Yep. Spoilers. Spoilers, kids. We're watching two episodes in one day. Welcome to the end of the podcast, kids. Which we used to do for funsies, because we wanted to. Now we're doing it because we have to. Now it's a requirement. Okay. All right, do your things. In Dustin Hoffman and Anne Bancroft's first encounter in the hotel room, Bancroft did not know that Hoffman was going to grab her breast. Hoffman decided off screen to do it because it reminded him of schoolboys trying to nonchalantly grab girls' breasts in the hall by pretending to put their jackets on. When Hoffman did it on screen, director Mike Nichols began laughing loudly off screen. Hoffman began to laugh as well, so rather than stop the scene, he turned away from the camera and walked to the wall. Hoffman banged his head on the wall trying to stop laughing, and Nichols thought it was so funny he left it in. When Dustin Hoffman showed up at Joseph E. Levine's office for a casting interview, the producer mistook him for a window cleaner, so Hoffman, in character, cleaned a window. (laughs) That's so random. Here's some technology a little bit. Two interesting camera techniques are used in the film. In the scene where Benjamin is running, he is shown at some distance running straight at the camera, an effect which makes him look as if he's getting nowhere as he's running. This technique is accomplished with a very long telephoto lens, which foreshortens distance in relation to the camera. And in another scene, Benjamin is walking from the right side of the screen to the left while everyone else in the screen is moving from left to right. In Western cultures, things that move left to right seem natural in the direction you think of reading words on a page. Those that move from right to left seem to be going the wrong way. These two visual techniques echo the themes of the film. Benjamin is going the wrong way and getting nowhere in life. Apparently, Dustin Hoffman's screen test consisted of him fumbling his lines and awkwardly trying to grab Catherine Ross's behind, which made her angry. As he left thinking he didn't get the role, his awkwardness was just what director Mike Nichols needed for Benjamin Braddock. When Elaine tracks down Ben in his gloomy room and and causes her to scream, a number of other tenants gather behind the landlord in the doorway. One says, shall I get the cops? I'll get the cops. That person who said it (laughs) is Richard Dreyfuss. Oh, interesting. None of the older characters has their first name to identify in the film. Only the younger characters of Benjamin, Elaine, and Carl do, increasing a sense of a generation gap. In a famous promotional still for this film, Dustin Hoffman is seen in the background framed by Mrs. Robinson's shapely leg. The leg in that photo doesn't belong to Anne Bancroft, however. It belonged to then-unknown model Linda Gray, who played Mrs. Mrs. Robinson in a London stage musical of The Graduate. Although Mrs. Robinson is supposed to be much older than Benjamin, Anne Bancroft and Dustin Hoffman are just under six years apart in age. He looked naturally boyish, and she was made up to look older. For the same reason, Bancroft was only eight years older than her daughter, Catherine Ross. William Daniels, Mr. Braddock, is only ten years older than his son, Dustin Hoffman. So Mr. Feeney's 87 now? Mr. Feeney's very old. He is really old. Yeah. By the way... They Don't talk about it loud, because this happened with Peter O'Toole, and it was bad. That's very true. Uh, apparently, this stage show of The Graduate in London, they get all sorts of naked. Like, naked naked? Uh, like, I'm looking at a photo of Linda Gray. Naked? Well, yeah. She's her under... Oh! No, she's naked naked. Hold Turn it, I can't like, see it. Like, she has no clothing on. Oh, no, she doesn't have any clothing. She's got a merkin on, but she doesn't have any clothing on. Merkin is a sheet. <laughs> I know what a murder is. I know you know what a murder is. <laughs> Anywho, 
Sorry, I'll be over here looking at apparently naked pictures of Linda Gray. I'm sorry, I don't know what happened to this. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's so weird that was Richard Dreyfus though. I know. Oh my god, it doesn't look like him, though. It's because he doesn't have his beard. I think that's why. I know, it's always weird when he doesn't have his beard. Robert Redford screen-tested with Candace Bergen for the part of Benjamin Braddock, but was finally rejected by director Mike Nichols because Nichols did not believe Redford could persuasively project the underdog qualities necessary to the role. When he told this to Redford, the actor asked Nichols what he meant, and Nichols said, well, let's put it this way, have you ever struck out with a girl? And Redford said, what do you mean? And Nichols replied, that's precisely my point. (laughs) Judy Garland was considered for the role of Mrs. Robinson. Dustin Hoffman was already set to play a role in Mel Brooks as the producers when the opportunity to audition for The Graduate came up. Differentially, Hoffman asked Brooks permission to audition for the part in the film. Through through his wife Anne Bancroft, already cast, Brooks was familiar with the story of The Graduate. He allowed Hoffman to audition, blindly confident he found an unsuitable role for Mrs. Robinson's lover. Or he'd be found unsuitable for the role of Mrs. Robinson's lover. (laughs) Jack Nicholson was considered for the part of Benjamin Braddock. Now, he'd been the right age. In the novel, Ben interrupted the wedding before Elaine said I do. However, Mike Nichols decided to have Ben arrive after Elaine had gotten married. Ronald Reagan was considered for the role of Mr. Braddock. <laughs> According to Dustin Hoffman at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts graduation in 2003, his friend and former roommate Gene Hackman was cast as Mr. Robinson, but was fired after a few weeks of work. Wait, he was cast as Mr. Robinson? Hmm. That would have been weird. Yeah. Sally Field tested for the role of Elaine. Oh, Sally Field. I like Sally Field. Other actresses considered for the part of Elaine were Natalie Wood, who turned it down, and Candace Bergen, who auditioned but did not get the part. Natalie Wood? What kind of wood doesn't float? Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood. So I did the punchline completely backwards. On purpose! Patty Duke was also offered the role of Elaine Robinson. Ava Gardner was Mrs. Robinson. The Italian sports car which Benjamin drives throughout the movie is a 1966 Alfa Romero Spider 1600. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of just, like, so-and-so audition for this, so-and-so audition for this. Basically, it's a movie that a lot of people try yeah. down for. The, wo- the movie is full of womb imagery. From Benjamin's constant desire to stay immersed in his parents' swimming pool to the slow close-up shot of the hips of Catherine's roommate as she brings the Dear John letter to Benjamin to the actual returning of the actual womb of the elder and maternal Mrs. Robinson. Okay. The Berkeley scenes were actually filmed at UCLA and USC. (laughs) Couldn't afford to go up to Berkeley. Do, do, do. Okay, oh my god, it's so much casting crap. No yeah, we're gonna skip all those. Yes, we are. Every time they said Mrs. Robinson. The movie's line, plastics, just that word, yeah. was voted as the number 42 movie quote by the AFI. Okay, AFI, you're not even trying anymore. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> Hold on, I have the you're trying to seduce me one up here That somewhere. was like, yeah, I, I thought I saw it somewhere online. It was uh, like 17 or something like that. 63. 63. How is plastics above that? Hey, there was uh, there's a good future in plastics. Yeah, I know. And as I said, it was called the 1980s. Because everything was plastic. Of course, everything is plastic now, so I can't really say it was just the 80s. My previous comment is pointless. 
On Inside the Actor's Studio from 1994, director Mike Nichols claims that the final sobering emotion that Benjamin and Elaine go through was due to the fact that he had just been shouting at the two of them for laughing in the scene. The actors were so scared that after la- after laughing, they stopped. Uh, Nichols liked it so much he kept it. <laughs> so they mostly sober up because they were afraid of getting yelled at for laughing. Yep. And when Benjamin is shown banging on the church window with his arms raised and extended, many reviewers felt he was portrayed as a Christ-like image. Mm. In actuality, this was a compromise with the minister of the church. The minister had threatened to throw everyone out of the scene when the scene was rehearsed with Benjamin pounding his fist on the fragile window, which had been a gift to the church. That is the end of the of the trivias. (laughs) All right, well, let's do the uh, stuff and things with Jeff, followed by Inflation Nation. All right, here we go. Stuff and things. Number one. Holy awkward seduction scene. That beginning was just Mm -hmm. horribly awkward, but it was funny. I loved it. Number two. Mrs. Robinson is a lying hoe bag. She she totally could zip that dress up on her own. She didn't need him. I just don't get it. She seems to be kind of, you know, you know, you know. Anyways, number yeah. I could not legitimately <laughs> you know, think of the word. You know, I'm sorry. You know, you know. Whatever. I don't care. Number three. <laughs> what the fuck, Mr. Feeney? You are so young. He, he really, was really is. young in this movie, and he was what, like forty? No, he was thirty something in real life. All right. Number four, Mrs. Robinson and her animal prints. Sheesh. It really. It was every outfit. It was some form of an animal print when she was seducing him. And finally, number a deep, long breath by me. Number five, how many times did Benjamin do Mrs. Robinson at that hotel? Seriously. Because everybody, everybody who worked there knew him, which meant that he had to be there frequently. (laughs) All right, Inflation Nation. We have three Inflation Nations all happened simultaneously. (laughs) Uh, My crappy Christmas movie tradition. um, You're talking about Peter O'Toole. Oh, yes. So. Uh, 1967, I took the year that the movie took place in, just because there was no other real year that it stated, that at least I could decipher. Right. So we're going to take that. Uh, 10 cents is the amount that Ben needs to make a phone call. That's the equivalent to 71 cents. $10 is the amount that Ben offers for a dime. That's the equivalent of $71. Mm-hmm. And $20 is the amount that Ben offers for a dime instead of the $10. That's the equivalent of 142 18 he was willing to give that guy 150 bucks for a dime. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Someone needs to learn Inflation Nation. All right. That is all that I have for my section, Lindsay. Jeffrey. Final thoughts regarding The Graduate. I really liked this movie. I think there's a lot of symbolism in it that, I mean, we may have missed, but is there. Right. Like, I'm sure the animal print is, like, referenced, referencing something and... I feel like it's supposed to be that she's wild. Uh, it's actually supposed to represent the animal nature within basically a sexual desire type of thing. Thank you, Colin, for your, uh, your actual... People are going to listen to this episode and go, bring Colin on, because he actually talks about the movie correctly. Shut up! I will, I will agree. I, I'm glad I watched this movie now, because I definitely feel like, as a kid, if I had watched this movie, it would not have made sense. Like right. I don't think I would have, I would not have understood it. Also, though, we had we had pinpointed numerous little things like uh, f- filmmaking techniques. Uh, you know, like oh well, it's a close up of you know they they stayed really really close to him the entire time during that opening sequence. Like the camera's awkwardly tight mm-hmm. to like c- 
create this claustrophobic yeah. feeling that he like is also like exper- really close. yeah ah, that he is me. also experiencing so that we, we as the audience understand that like like we caught we 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 naturally are picking up on stuff like that right and i and like you said i, I feel like that's mostly because of this podcast yeah we actually care yeah we do given the fact this episode is 25 minutes long is that it really <laughs> yeah we well, trivia was casting yes and there wasn't a lot of other stuff well i do uh, i i like this i like this i like this movie it was a lot funnier than i expected it to be it was really good like i i went into it going eh, maybe it's you know i don't remember you know is this good or is this uh it's good it's good it's funny i would recommend watch. this movie's one of those that i i would i would watch again oh yeah me too it's on netflix i'll watch it again. yeah yeah exactly plus it's got simon and garfunkel yeah. Like, all throughout the entire movie. Ooh, I caught a new meaning in the sound of silence after yes, you it's did. used in this movie. Yes. It's about, like, the disintegration. I hear it as the disintegration of, like, a relationship. And the fact that, like, the two of them, like, sobering up at the end is them realizing they may have, you know, made a mistake and now they're going to end up, like, her parents. Yep. Stuff like that. They're going to end up just like Mrs. Rob- Mr. Yep. and Mrs. Robinson. Yep. I will, I will dun, agree. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, Well... With that, Lindsay, what is our next movie? Our next movie is number 16 on our list. That we may or may not be recording in two hours. Yep. (laughs) Just shy of two hours. Let's see. Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard. It's Sunset Boulevard. From 1950. Going back in time. Non-rated. It's an hour and 50 minute long drama film noir. And a hack screenwriter writes a screenplay for a former silent film star who has faded into Hollywood obscurity. And who plays that silent, former silent film star? I don't know. Do you not know who she is? I do know who she is. Don't look her up on IMDb. Isn't it? Isn't it? No, actually, you don't know her. Okay. Never mind. Fair enough. I'm like, (laughs) why do I feel stupid right now? No, no, don't feel stupid. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Anyways. Well, yeah, and it's starring William Holden, Gloria Swanson, and who Eric von Stroheim. Hold on, who am I thinking of? I don't know who you're thinking of. Hold on. Directed by Billy Wilder. Oh, I'm an idiot. What? It's Gloria Stewart. Yeah, who's from Titanic. Well, no, yeah, I know. I thought it was the same <laughs> like, person. No. I thought it was the same no, person. Gloria I Swanson. forgot Swanson and Stewart. Yeah. Uh, directed by Billy Wilder, by the way. Uh, yeah, I recall us talking about that, I feel like. Yeah. We know a lot of Billy Wilder movies. Indeed, indeed. All right, well, um, let's just stop uh, riffing, and let's actually end the episode, because it's been a lot of silence riffing, in this episode. Riffing, 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 Ironically, riffing. this episode silence. had a lot of sounds of silence. Yes. That's so Dude, crazy. Dude, he was 95 when he died. Who? Billy Wilder. Oh. Okay, so IMDB took away the whole, like, known for at the top of the filmography. Mm-hmm. God darn! Why on the, on the app, right? Yes. Yeah, it's I know. Stupid. It's stupid. Anyways. Anyway. We're not gonna bitch about shit no. anymore. Okay, here we go. With that, Lindsay. It's all uphill from here. Yay! Yay! We have like 15, 16 I more No. It's gonna be exciting. Good night, Radio Ryan. And say good night, CK Dexter. Hey, Ben. That's so loud in my ears. I know. Because you got headphones on. It hurts. You know what, Jeff? What? Don't get off the fucking. <gasps> there be tigers in that woods. <laughs> Sorry, I dropped that one F bomb. It's okay. I already scored. <laughs> okay, I good. I score in my stuff and things with Jeff. Okay, Remember? good. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> What's going on?
This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>